Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Introducing friend of the podcast, Moog Gravit's new project, Rapscallion, and his debut riff-bungering record, Maximum Splendid. A chap rock come hard rock odyssey packed to the well-groomed stash with big riffs and straight-up rock. Featuring chap-hop legend Professor Elemental, Maximum Splendid is a custard-cream-caked monocle-popping riff-fest of a record. Available on CD, digital download, and of course, eight-track cartridge from RapscallionBand.com, plus Spotify, Bandcamp, and all good streaming platforms. Now, you're listening to the Guitar Nerds podcast, so I imagine you like a riff or two, and for that reason alone, we thoroughly recommend giving this debut release a spin. Unleash your inner chap, and check out the links in the description of this podcast. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Naomi McLeod. Hello. And JD Short. Hello, everyone. Exactly. Welcome to the ASMR Guitar as, Nerds Podcast. You're as bad as Jay Cross <laughs> at uh, ruining my introductions. And welcome, dear listener. Thank you very much for joining us. Last week, I did promise, I did say, hey, th- this week was going to be me, Matt Knight, Adrian Thorpe, um, and Mikey Demas. So it would be Thorpey effects and Redbeard effects on the podcast with us. But we've moved that podcast back, um, of, you know, till next week forward rather till next week so you know you've got that to listen to next week of course and we will talk about this but Thorpey's just released the pulse doppler another dan coggins collaboration it's a great pedal and adrian talks in depth about that pedal and you know everything about how they came to reinvent the old love tone doppelganger so we'll talk about that in a bit um but yes next week adrian will be talking to us in detail about that but yes for this week we have naomi and jd and a whole bunch of cool new exciting things to start things off you know last week i was talking a lot about the uh the hushmid uh plectrums patrick hushmid who makes hushmid guitars at not also um plectrum.ch is his website where he makes some incredible plectrums there was one thing i actually i failed to mention last week when talking about one of the picks we'd got which was actually a 10 mil uh lava glow plectrum it was in fact a world premiere a world exclusive one of the only plectrums or the first plectrum ever to be made out of a glow-in-the-dark orange material um Really, like you know, I was I was speaking to Stuart uh, Stuart Robson um, uh, uh, earlier today, who's purchased a, a couple of the Huffman plectrums, and I thoroughly recommend, dear listener, checking them out. They're a premium, but like you know, d- Naomi and JD, if you if you visit plectrum.ch, you can see mm. the massive selection of uh, of kind of picks that he does. Oh, I'm this- there. Yeah, yeah. Me too. The, the, that lava glow looks great. Like, it looks I'm incredible. really into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. looks so. It, I, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing it is as vivid as the 
as the images make it seem. That that's the one that you got sent, Joe, is it? That's right. Yeah. I mean it looks normal in the you know, in, in normal light, but in darkness mm. it glows, yeah, just as vibrantly as that. Only yeah, in, in orange. Like you know, the other plectrums he he does normally glow in, in a green. In fact, one of the others he sent to me is is in fact the only plectrum that he's made where it's kind of a dipped finish. So you have the glow being in the the part that you would hold essentially and then the mm-hmm. rest of the plectrum is clear and that seems to be something that's kind of a, that he does across the board with the way these plectrums are made up um because they're kind of uh, in this case the plectrum is two layers one's filled with the pigment and the other's crystal clear um mm-hmm. But the acrylics have been processed together at the same time, so it makes them become a, a, a whole with you know a perfect seamless joint. Um, illusion. I read that and was yes. like, perfect seamless joint illusion joint has illusion. to be an album that someone makes at some point <laughs> in the future. Oh, yeah. I mean, if that's not a fantastic product description, then then what is? I mean, all of this, by the way, is like on top of you know the the underdog that is the glow the dark plaque i mean i've <laughs> i've literally only played borrowed ones before like i think maybe dunlop have done them or or one of those kind of far bigger companies but like when you actually use one on stage you realize this should be the most in demand most practical accessory for anyone gigging at night yeah um, it seems to be it is a great idea and of course we've it's seen an amazing you- idea yeah We've seen like lumen lay inlays become more mm-hmm. of a thing in recent times, mm-hmm. and and really becoming standardised with things like the, um, I guess with the Charvel DK twenty fours and the Ibanez AZs, mm-hmm. um, they all they all come with lumen a, you know, as standard rather than it being like a weird premium custom shop thing. I definitely yeah. feel like it's a tasteful alternative to LEDs, which are you know a far too yeah. mark king for for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, and I'm not meaning to to um, say that either. Either should be a gimmick. I just really see the practicalities in it. I'm also not suggesting that anyone buy one of these Huffschmidt <clears throat> pickups and and just let it drop on the stage. I, I think that's. I think we're <laughs> operating at a slightly higher price point than that. But yeah, well, you know what I mean. Exactly. Though I feel like we've all been at that point where we're. I don't know. Maybe it's an encore or something, and and you know you you drop the pick in your yeah. in your pedal board for easy finding and you're scrabbling around trying to get everything yeah trying to get everything organized before you go back on but exactly. uh, yeah you, i'm you, i'm definitely going to pick up one of these i'm so so curious just to try um a pick so much thicker than my than my usual kind of go to as well i know you've had you've had quite some experience now with them at this point Joe, haven't you yeah, because yeah, Patrick sent me uh, some plectrums last year as well, which were fantastic, really fun, really interesting to use, and a really different approach. And you kind of at first, I was like, "It's a it's a gimmick," but there is a real practical application to them. And I, I, I was thinking about trying to put some videos together on this because because I, I want to try and communicate the tonal difference just between each of say the four Huffschmids that I have and mm-hmm. like a regular plectrum because it's substantial and it's not just down to the shape because I have two two of his picks a tall on one and uh, another material that that are the same they're, they're the same 10 mil thickness same mm-hmm. point same shape but very very different tonally um, it's really interesting, and I've, I've genuinely found, especially with this this uh, this huff glow, this this orange plectrum, because it has such soft points, it's almost like playing with the the back of a of a plectrum. And, oh, I get you. And, okay. And for like for 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 sort of tremolo picking and speed, I just found it actually to be really good. Like it totally totally different because you're kind of if if I was using my regular. Uh, like Dunlop, you know, 1.1 mil Lemmy signature plectrum, which has been my sort of normal pick. Mm-hmm. You get you get the real that plucking character off of the note because you are hitting that string quite specifically. Whereas mm-hmm. with the rolled edges on the Huffschmidt, you're kind of glancing off the string, and it gives you like a a completely different clarity, which is great if you're for things where harmonics are something that you want to play a part in your tone or for kind of biting biting treble or or high gain drives i found it really cool and really useful but yeah 
I digress. I just mean the the character, the difference in tonal character from plectrum to plectrum is substantial. I, mm-hmm. I think they're cool and something you know, something fun to check out as an alternative to normal picks. It, admittedly, what, what do they start at? Like thirty, forty euros. So it's an investment, but they're cool. Yeah. No, I mean they're they're very cool. I mean, even as you digress, there it got me thinking that. You know, really every every player in their in their time should have a little mess with completely different plex to to your usual sort of go to style. I know I've fa- like, you know, in a hurry asked someone, could I borrow theirs, and then found the one that I've used for the next three years that followed. Yeah. You know, so um, yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. Like at this end of the of the pick market, the the super premium high end, there's there's some really amazing options out there, but just. Uh, to also add, I think I think everyone should take a little bit of a pleck journey in their um, in their playing time. What do hashtag you, what pleck do you, journey. Pleck journey. We're, we're <laughs> kicking off all the hashtags. These days. What, do, what do you use? <laughs> what do you use? Name is your standard plectrum. Uh, the one I've settled on for the last good while is the Dunlop MIDI ninety six. Um, ninety six has just. <sighs> been the perfect point like the perfect weight for me um also to note joe for your own edits apologies in advance i feel like the new cool mic i'm using is massively plosive um (laughs) i'm just really noticing it or maybe it's just the um maybe i'm alliterating without realizing uh but yeah the 96 weight has just been like an epiphany for me i was kind of swinging between 88s and ones and sometimes, actually, depending on the gig, I've used stubbies quite a lot over the years as well. Stubby two mils, the um, the small size. Oh, I've, really? Yeah, I've been really into those at times. Uh, not for some time, but um, yeah, kind of depending on what I was sort of playing. Um, those were my pick of choice for quite a while. So I don't mean to sound like a one-trick pony being fully Dunlop. They just... Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, they're they're good at what they do, you know, and that's that's okay. Um, but I certainly, uh, I mean, with what we're speaking about with Hofschmidt and also beyond, maybe at the more uh, regular budget end, I can I can feel maybe a bit of experiment time up and coming for me because I've I've one new gig at the moment, which is very cool. It's kind of straight up uh, punk, I suppose. But beyond that, I'm kind of keen to get back into gadgetry, which I've been just mad into over the years. Ah, uh, yes. So th- this is the new project that you're playing your uh, your Squire Classic Vibe 70s P-Bass for, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, so. with a um, slightly more unusual choice for punk of an Aguilar 4P6G, <laughs> but it's, it's working beautifully so far. So I'll definitely report back sonically when I have some demos recorded and can really kind of get into analysing it. Playing with one of the loudest, most hardest hitting drummers I probably will ever meet <laughs> yeah. in my life. Um, but I always take that as a as a great sign. If, what, um, um, what drive are you using at the moment for um, that project? At, at the moment, I'm just using the Stomp, actually, uh, with, oh. a pa- yeah, with a patch that the guitarist in the band set up. Um, so it's basically his... Yeah, it's just, because it's because it's uh, technically a session gig and it's all his writing. Um, it's yeah, just a patch that he's set up. So I will look into it and report back. Um, oh, cool. But I, I can tell you that the tone he's kind of going after sculpting um, is really to kind of emulate like a Doug, like the Doug Pinnock mm, uh, by Tech Twenty One. So that's kind of the the core of it. Um, yeah. Very cool. Very mm. cool. Yeah, I, I'd be interested to see what that patch is. Um, yeah, I, kind of, I, I mean, thank, thank you for putting me on the spot. What's in the patch? But you don't know. That's fine. <laughs> I don't. Well, no. I, I mean, I did know when I first read it, but I've, um, I yeah, we've not rehearsed this week, so I've not, yeah, not got a chance go. to have a look. And you know what? It's because someone else made it as well that I was like, that sounds sick. And then just haven't looked at it since. <laughs> so, um, yes, I will report back. I see. I see. Yeah, the I, I I foolishly left my um my Helix at my guitarist's house and then realised I didn't have a practice for like three weeks. So I've sort of been I've been Helixless um, mm-hmm. for that entire time, which uh, yes, I have missed. But uh, but one thing that did turn up um, this week was the uh, Matt Matt Knight sent me a uh, a Boss SY one. 
Ooh. which very lovely, very hard to get at the moment. Like they, they seem to be, yeah, so, like sold out, back ordered to the high heavens. Like I, I've been trying mm. to get one for some time, like a long time, and even mm-hmm. with my connections, um, I was I was unable to. But uh, even with all well, your your sordid industry, exactly. Even yeah, even, and dealers and it took dudes, me dudes to, in long coats around corners. Exactly, exactly. It took me. You know, having to threaten Matt with releasing those photos <laughs> then, uh, to, to actually get one. But I did finally get an SY1. I've only had a, a little bit of time to mess around with it. One absolutely fantastic, super versatile synth pedal. Um, again, Naomi, it's something that you've you've been into. And we were talking just before the podcast as well about because, JD, you have the Keeley synth one, yep. which I also have. And I have both pedals and whilst they're, and they're, they're very very different and we were kind of talking a bit about the the things that make them each fantastic tools in their in their own different way but um but yeah i guess the synth one the, the sy1 rather the boss sy1 seems to have been a super popular product for boss which i'm kind of surprised by like synth just seems like a weird effect to be so incredibly popular i mean I think like I mean you think about it now and just like sonically like everything that's going on is like everything is synthy and the amount of times that like I'm I end up covering you know like a Moog or something for for bass you know like that that's been that's been commonplace for you know 10 15 years that there's keyboard bass right but it's like but mm-hmm. like now like you start listening to like a lot of the pop songs and even if it's not even if there's still guitars on the pop songs, there's also at least as many synths somewhere. Like even in country western style music, you know, like pop country has, you know, eight oh eight drums and everything on it. Like as standard <laughs> yeah. now. Like it's just just such a like so to be able to create to create or, or recreate so many of those sounds, it's like it makes total sense and makes total synth. Makes um, total sense, I was just gonna yeah. say. Yeah. Nice. And, I mean and I gotta say, like, so you mentioned the Keeley. Like, I really like the Keeley because it is that more mogi, simple. Like, it mm-hmm. do, it does a few things, you know, but it does mm-hmm. them really well, which is what I, which is what I want and needed for that pedal. But like, the Boss is great because it's just there's just so much you can do. And if I had something where it was like, I need a pedal, I'm not sure what I what I really want to do, or I want to have as many options as possible in a regular size stomp box you know, kind of thing. Like, it's, it's so cool. Yeah. yeah, it is. And I think they've, you know, as boss are so good at doing, they've they've hit a price point where, you know, people who might not necessarily think, you know, wake up on a random day and think, I'm dying, I, you know, I've always been dying to have a synth pedal. Like, I think they've done what they do so well and priced it at a point where people can sort of take a little bit of a chance and sort of have it as as a string to their bow on their board, you know, How for much if, they, is it? If, if they need to dip in. It is, let me check what it is now, because I've had mine a little while. I think you can get them for like 175, Mm-mm-mm, like... One, 145 pounds. Yeah. Really? Well, that's yeah. exactly, that's the same as the synth one then, mm-hmm. r- roughly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they are the, I mean, yes, again. It's proper affordable, you know, it's, it's, it's a really powerful, really powerful, um, pedal for its price i think in terms of sonic quality what it's giving you i mean like you know as as we were saying kind of b- before we recorded like the you know the keely um the keely does have that little more a little bit more kind of mogi sort of studio-y sound but i mean i would i would happily record on gig with the with the sy1 i think there's some really really lush options in um in the pad and also like it's not specifically a bass pedal, but it tracks wonderfully for bass. I think that's really important to note as well. Obviously, we should expect that in it's freaking 2021. But like, you know, I think um, like, for example, I used a Harmonist. Um, it was the PS6, I think, previously before I got the SY1 for kind of like chordy and kind of synthish sounds and that sort of like tape slowdown effect and stuff like that. And it was it was completely fine, but I just felt like really no no loss of sort of clarity or fidelity or um or audio quality at all with bass through the through the sy1 
Yeah, that that's what you. I mean, it's handy that the SY one is they've they've added a little switch to the top of the pedal that allows mm-hmm. you to use either guitar or bass, and it revoices mm-hmm. it appropriately. Yeah, um, which left me in a quandary when I plugged it in through the bass six. I was like, yeah. I don't know what this it's says. Oh right, if only there was a middle. <laughs> position you could be like, <laughs> yeah there yeah, should be yeah. a basic <laughs> section on here as well obviously that that instrument but you know the the like if we take the the sy1 and the synth one as you know, as these two kind of industry leading pedals i guess with with this sort of style sound the fundamental difference for me seemed to be that the boss sy1 it obviously has a load of options you've got like you have a, a rotary control that takes you from lead to pad to bass to strings bell organ special effects and uh, and a sequencer um as well you've got all of those and with e- within each of those you then have a, a second rotary that gives you 11 presets which are you know different voicings within that style which is very much, and I was kind of like, it's so busy. Like the 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 actual layout, the rotaries. There's so many, so much writing on it. It's like those old Casio keyboards that have, you know, just written out what each patch yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> like because, ten patches it's only per ten be, sections. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's just so it's so old school. It's so boss. Like it's like, are we not at a point where you could have done this with a digital screen? I, I appreciate, you know, that's not the vibe with their with their compacts. But the, I guess the, the thing I'm getting at is those are the preset sounds and those sounds are done for you. All you can manipulate mm-hmm. is either the tone and the rate or the depth. Mm-hmm. You obviously you have your your direct signal and your effects on a on a concentric control, which you can boost mm-hmm. or cut. But the only thing you can edit with each of those sounds is the tone or the rate. So they're saying here are these bunch of option instruments and within those here are those variations, but we've done that for you, that's done. Whereas on the SY1, it gives you, you know, it, it's only one extra control, but I think it's a really important one, attack, yeah, which is a massively important thing for synthesizers. I appreciate there are the there are some sounds on the SY1 which very much swell in, but I'm like, shit, this is like, this is a real. That's what I want from a synth sound. You want that sort of envelope mm-hmm. thing there, and it just. I was like, oh, I guess I'll just, on the boss, I was like, I guess I'll just find the presets that kind of do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the thing with, like, Keeley's Synth 1 is, like, it's, like, I use it in equal measure as just an auto swell. Like, it's just a really, really good auto swell pedal. Like, if you you turn the synth blend all the way down, like, it, because it affects your clean tone as well which is also great to remember that like if like if you have your direct sound and the affected sound going through that like if you have a synth that is swelling in you most oftentimes would also like for your guitar or bass to swell in as well so you don't have like just a little dink and then like this big synth swell kind of behind it you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. so you don't have some like yeah yeah, it's not like listening to just your pure DI track while you're also running, you know, like 12 amp sims and stuff. And you're like, oh, oh, actually, yeah, no one wants to hear that. I think it only does <laughs> like single notes as well, right? It's like monophonic, the synth one. Uh, I I, I've not tried. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's... Play a chord. Uh, I, I think it will track one of the notes. Like, I think, I think right, it will right. it will basically do the division. Um, for it's like it's my feeling because you can you can you don't have to play it that cleanly is one of the things I also found with it which is a thing that you get with like the kind of more analogy style you know with octave divide you know like all those you sort of you can get the thing of it depends on how cleanly you're playing it like how well a lot of them respond where my experience with Achilles was like it did it didn't need to be that clean and it sounded fine. You know, so mm-hmm. like it's not like sp- mm-hmm. a sputtery mess. Just trying to, yeah. yeah. Our friends at Isotope have just made their portable recording solution, the Spire Studio, even better. And the best part is that you can try out the app and recording platform for Spire completely free. Download the iOS app for your phone or tablet today by following links in the description of this podcast and make sketching down your song ideas incredibly easy and intuitive. Without the Spire, you won't have the mic or preamp, but you'll still have access to the software and effects that can polish your demo recordings more than you probably thought possible. 
with the second generation Spire Studio ups the state by offering ultra low noise preamps that offer smooth, quieter recording and increased storage capacity. There's also Spire Pro, an optional subscription service accessed via the iOS app and personalized soundtrack feature that listens and learns from your voice and environment. Check them out at isotope.com. Yeah, I sort of felt about the synth one that it was kind of like my playing experience of it was like the pedal is the synth and then with the SY one, it's like Mm. it really turns your instrument into the synth, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a a heap of sense. Yeah, and I I sort of love them equally Mm. for that reason. You know what I mean? I feel like they're, I'm not saying that we're sat here trying to directly compare them, but it's it's definitely something I really like about both is you do get that kind of more, um, yeah, I hate to keep using the term, but that kind of mogi, woolly warmth from the um, from the synth one. And then not that there isn't warmth to the SY one, there absolutely is, but it just sort of feels far more like uh, a multi-talented magic wand sort of pedal. Like I really, really enjoyed using the sequencer on it actually. Um just for writing, I found myself kind of How does switching. the sequencer work? How does it work? Yeah. Uh, so basically with the variations, um, if I remember correctly, because I've not played, played it super recently, um, you... the So the tone and rate will set the essentially the, the tempo. Um, though you can, I believe, tap tempo through the control um, if you have an FS6 hooked up to it um but yeah so you can set the tone and rate um as your tempo and then the depth in terms of um yeah quite literally the the depth of the sort of arpeggio i suppose for for want of a better word i I, I know they call it sequence but really it's kind of arps that you're building um but yeah it tracks beautifully tracks amazingly i got some really cool kind of polyphonic kind of chordal stuff going on with that um in fact, I might even upload a demo. Maybe that'll be a good thing to oh, kind of get back into doing demos yeah. of. Um, because it's sat here in front of me and I've not played it in too long a time. Um, just because I've had a busy few months. But yeah, it is. Um, it's kind of the graduation I wanted from the Earthquaker Arpanoid. Mm. You know, did you guys right. ever use the Arpanoid? I, I never did. I never got mm. really a chance with it. How did you find it? Well, really cool, except, you know, it had that kind of awesome sort of um analog kind of boutique sound that earthquake were so good at doing that's slightly rough around the edges but really kind of tonally impressive quality but without a tap tempo or anything really to set the tempo other than other than the knob on the pedal i just came away thinking i i can't really justify this in a band where i need to be aligning to aligning to a drummer like really ideally what i would love to mod it with but i just don't have the means would be to literally have a midi in where i could just set it in ableton or something yeah um but yeah as you know at least with kind of a tap tempo from a foot switch you can have most of that power there yeah exactly oh that sounds i I tell you what (laughs) i'll be honest until sitting here on the podcast and like like looking at the types i was like oh that last one says sequence yeah. i did so i didn't even realize it had oh right it. so you hadn't really it. got stuck into it no no i was mm. kind of trying to make my bass sound like a trumpet the whole time <laughs> i was uh, you know, sort of. well joe i think i think you i i don't know tell me if i'm wrong but i i feel like you specifically would have a really cool time sort of writing and getting creative with the sequence yeah I, that, yeah I, I was just saying too like i i think like I'm really like really thinking about like the the SY1 as well now it's like like I could easily see them both living on the same board you know and the, you mm-hmm. know and it's like mm-hmm. they're for different things you know and and like sometimes I do really like the like sequency bits the the cleaner sort of like clear like I want something to clearly sound like like a uh, a modeled synth or something some that's not mm. really what I mean but like something like clear and distinctive and something thinking you know thinking of it more like a, a dx7 or something like that whereas whereas like you know most of the time what i what i truly want when i'm playing is is the moginess of things like i just want taurus pedals yeah. for everything yeah, yeah. is really the answer um mm-hmm. but yeah well, I mean, those have, have you guys played those Mugger Fruit? Oh yeah, pedals I, I used to have years? literally all of them. <laughs> yeah. Did you? No way. Their their mini delay yeah. just oh. used to make me weak at the knees. It was 
Oh, it's so yeah, good. I, I really regret not uh, buying one. I <laughs> I should buy one. I should buy one. Yeah, after I got. What are they? Aren't they loads of money? Yeah. Now? That was all. Yeah, but I've sold some stuff, so I, I have some money again. <laughs> that was this is this is my annual having some money to buy to buy silly yeah. things. So, yeah, that was also like my, sorry, but like it was also when I like I sold all of them as they were like they kept rising. And I was like I because I used to have, my whole pedal board was just the Mogafogers and and <sighs> I had four or five Moog like expression pedals. So like it was all just like. It was me doing dubstep with just bass and no, nothing being synced to anything that wasn't on the board. Um, oh, yeah. nice! Yeah, that is a neat setup. Yeah, they're they're not too bad. The MF delay, MF drive. Oh yeah, like yeah. I mean, they're they're about two fifty pounds. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. not not absolute bank breakers. But I mean, I'm pretty sure they retailed for a little less. Oh, they, than that, they retail for. Well, at least in the states, because that's where I was when they came out. Like, um, much mm. less than that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I, they were like I feel like they were like one nine, like US. I think, yeah, yeah, for the minis, yeah, very cool pedals. Yeah. So, but yeah, sorry, I digress. I wish I'd got into these at the time that they came out. You know, like I, I didn't really give them any focus when they were around. I don't think I cared for some. Uh, yeah, reason, I, I mean, I loved all the Moger Foger, like the bigger like Moger Fogers stuff. And then mm. when the mini Fogers, I was like, oh, I could re I could replace some of mine with those. But it was like everything you could see was it was really just the delay that I was really into. And at, mm, I was also mm-hmm. at the time I was like, but I mean, let's face it, all I use is the RE20 and all I'm going to use is the RE20 because that's the only delay I right. ever want. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a real problem i find the re20 to continue like still be the biggest problem in the guitar world in that it's better than everything else but it came so long ago and it's still so affordable that it's that you have to pretend it's not there in order to enjoy other yeah. delay pedals yeah or or there's there's something else where it's like i just want like infinite repeat digital delay but then it's like but i don't actually want that like what i want i like like in everything i do it's just like i just want to pretend i'm doing a dub thing at all at all times um yeah (laughs) i mean yeah like characteristically in its defense i would say that the the mini fuger delay is is definitely not that sort of it's almost the antithesis in that it's just a sort of soft syrupy deep kind of yeah it's like the the Delay, it's like it? a AMT delay, like some of the first, like those first, like dis- mm. you know, like all the again, like Neve designed stuff. But it's like it, it is yeah. though, and it's you know they're all bucket brigade. They're all like amazing sounding components. But yeah, like it is, it is just a very good delay that I wish, I wish I would have. Ah, uh, stupid past me. Um, which, well, yeah. you know, I think I'm gonna. Add it to the future yeah. list. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. As we're kind of uh, on the on the subject, and we will come back to sort of news and other topics that we're going to talk about, but I'll, I'll, I'll swoop ahead to a question that was asked uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago on the group by John By, and I really wanted to to kind of talk about it. It had plenty of answers on the on on the Facebook group, on the Guitar Nerds group, but I thought we could discuss it. John By asked, uh, what in your view are the current uh, sleeper oh, pedals? Yeah. I reckon the chunky metal Marshall oh. pedals will be sought after in future years. 
Um, so I guess he, you know, he means the the jackhammer and the governor yeah. of uh, you know the, those current sort of silver models that seem. I feel like those martial pedals we've spoken about them before on the podcast, but you know they they were everyone's first pedals. I think for mm-hmm. certainly for people around my age, that was you know that was it. I think you know the the everyone either had the jackhammer or the bluesbreaker reissue in, and they were heavy in those sort of rounded silver chassis. They didn't really fit properly on boards, but I guess at that time no one really had boards. You just had probably a tuner and one of those, you know. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know if they're going to be sought after in future years. I, I don't feel like... I feel like people are quite honest these days about what sounds good, you know, pr- no matter what the price is. And even though pedals have got super expensive, I think people still have an appreciation for cheaper pedals. And I just don't think anyone's talking about them. So, you know, I, I, I'd be surprised if they end up being popular pedals of the future I mean, but i don't know have you any any suggestions i have one just one and yeah i mean a little bit like you're saying i think the market is so much more discerning now and we have so much more access to you know worldwide resources and reviews and everything that maybe people were more sort of in pockets of kind of like local trends and things back when um you know those martial pedals and the Line 6 tone core that I'm sure contributed <laughs> to many a backbreakingly heavy pedal board. Um, but one that I spotted when it came out and was kind of like, God, people are going really crazy for this. And then heard it and thought, well, you know, this looks cool and and it sounds cool, sounds perfectly good. And it is pennies cheap, is the TC Electronic June 60 chorus. Oh, yeah. Do you guys yeah, know yeah, that yeah. one? Yeah. 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 It pays homage, obviously, to, to Roland's Juno. Um, but yeah, very cool pedal, funky looking. I think people are picking it up for, for the price it's at now because a little bit like some of the, the sort of Behringer, um, you know, clone synths that they've been doing. It's just like no brainer type retail pricing that they're doing. Um, and yeah, I feel like if and when the June 60 gets discontinued, it'll, it'll likely turn up at higher prices in future. Yeah, I just feel like it, it ticks. Sorry to interrupt. I just no, feel like no. it ticks kind of a lot of those boxes. Do you know what I mean? I, I feel like it looks obviously a little different to the norm. Has really nice wood sides. Has um, has the exact style of sort of push button um, for the two Juno settings. Um, yeah, it's just really nicely branded, considering it's a clone of something made by a different company. Yeah, I I mean, I've been thinking about getting one of those. For ages, like, and and mm. primarily because my, like, I used to play synth in a band, like, bass and synths at the same time, and I had a Roland JX3P, which was, which oh, yeah. I bought for next to nothing, and then gave it to a friend who was an actual keyboardist, and then now I desperately wish I had it again, um, <laughs> but it's like, but it's there's something about that, like, that complete wash of nearly unusable chorus that that i that i want <laughs> in that you know i have i mentioned before like i have an old like mid 90s den electro cool cat that's the 18 volt you know like dual nine yeah. volt back. like that's amazing and it sounds really good and it's very usable but i kind of want to like push both buttons down this is gnarly um yeah yeah like i it, plus it plus it it nostalgically looks exactly like the chorus buttons on my i mean those were silver and stuff but it, it gives me that same vibe mm-hmm. obviously and it's like oh i really wish really wish i had that and honestly like when i record bass like um what i've been doing a lot recently is is actually stealing this from andy wallace but like i split and i send everything to a separate channel i um you know like i high low pass my bass so it's just a, a range and it's like massively um heavily coursed using a model of basically this pedal so it's this could in essence be like the live version of my plugins and stuff that i use for a lot of like when i'm actually printing uh the tracks mm-hmm. and it's like yes that's a really cool shout because I, I think i think you're right like as soon as they're gone they probably won't do this kind of thing again or whenever the lawsuit's clearly finished (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> or kick in. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I've not kept up to date with that, but um, I know Behringer are doing everything they can <laughs> to replicate a lot of very cool yeah. synths. And yeah, separate to anything guitar based, I feel like those synths are probably something that we should jump on as well while we can. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Deep Mind, I thought was you know oh, very cool, absolutely yeah. fantastic, and uh, and the the new the 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 Monopoly. I always want to say Monopoly. I think yeah, I yeah, think so. I think let's just call it the Monopoly from here on out. <laughs> like yeah, the Monopoly map. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, but yeah, I I don't know. Uh, any other any other suggestions on sleeper pedals? I find it so so hard because I. It's, it's difficult to find something that's not being appreciated today. I think everyone kind yes, of has their, their fingers on the pulse so much more than people mm-hmm. necessarily did before. So I'm kind of like, well, they're not really sleepers. There are definitely pedals that are being made today where I'm like, this will last. And pedals that are being made today where I'm like, I think this is popular right now, but I think it will be superseded, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's, it's hard to find something that I think will... I mean, I th- yeah. maybe being underappreciated. I mean, I think those Marshall yeah. pedals are an absolute shout, though, because I because I think it's it's got to be something similar to that, where there will be like the next wave of people being like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I remember when I used to have those. That was great," you know. And like, mm-hmm. I, I, trying to think back now of like the stuff that I parted with for whatever reason, um, and it was kind of like, oh, "I wish I had one of those again," or or the things that you don't realize were so good and integral to someone's sound because you know like a lot of those martial at least for me like like in the states like i didn't see a lot of those martial pedals on anyone's boards like i saw some of the Mm -hmm. bigger the the bigger like the black ones whatever the old ones like you see i would see some of those usually like the governors are like a blues breaker or something like that but but I, i i and i never really saw the the silver ones at all um Except for like people who were like hunting them, I just collected them and stuff. So it wasn't like something you just normally saw on people's boards. But I was just thinking about like those kinds of things are like what what happened like a generation or two before those. Like when you start seeing like you know like OC twos and you know like the the mm-hmm. or actually even like the the OCD pedal like the full tone OCD. We're we're like oh that's, sure yeah yeah that's everywhere and it feels like but everyone kind of knows about it maybe and or you know they yeah. they have like the price point they're at and they're still making mm-hmm. it and they're still you know like it's just a it's a classic pedal now but it i don't know i i i do think there's something about those marshall pedals or something you know like we were talking about this a while back too around like the the harky amps that you you found in like back lines and everything so you yeah. just be like oh i really i really wish i saw more of those you know that like right and, yeah. and the kind of stuff where like 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 things that i like if someone presented a jx3p to me now i would probably pay over what it's actually worth mm-hmm. <laughs> just because i i nostalgically miss it and want it and at the time i didn't really like it except you know except it made my like shockingly heavy band also sound like rush and we were we love that you know <laughs> like um but yeah that's cool. yeah for sure i feel like um i mean i don't think this answers the i don't think this answers uh john's question directly because he's he um if i recall correctly it was about current sleeper pedals but i don't know did you guys find the same with the line six verbzilla from that tone core range because it just seemed to be kind of out on its own in terms of tonally what it did and I definitely, I mean, certainly within Ireland, I kind of saw them become a really sought after pedal after the tone cores kind of came and went from from people's boards. Mostly, those are the ones that um, look like a hinge, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the only one I ever saw on boards was the Echo Park. That was uh, the only yeah. one that right, okay. sort of survived for me. I mean, okay. like, like obviously the Line Six DL Four is their ultimate. It's not a yeah. sleeper pedal, but that's the thing of theirs that stood the test of time that they still make today exactly yes. the same, mm. even though it's amazing. But yeah, yeah, of those tone chords, the the only thing I saw was the 
the Echo Park, really. You, you oh, found okay. the Verbzilla. I, I, I don't think I've ever even heard of Verbzilla in real life. Oh, right. Okay. Well, yeah. I will. I will. Um, I'll find a video and pop it. Pop it in the in the Guitar Nerds group then for sure. It's, I mean, essentially, it, it just had a um, it just had a kind of particular shimmer setting, if I recall correctly, and a particular kind of swell uh, patch that certainly tonally at the time seemed quite different to anything certainly anything that was being kind of released at that price point yeah um because i mean the tone cores obviously were were never um they were never kind of mega expensive um but yeah that was one where i kind of watched the price go to about two times and maybe even about three times in any any listings that i went looking at for the last kind of or sorry for the following kind of you know five or so years it was just one of those pedals that never fully left my mind as i should have got one yeah, of those I, it's sort of it's interesting because i was thinking about this too and i was kind of thinking it's like like i don't know i don't really know how i want to define the question because it almost feels like like mm. clearly the answer for like what is the ultimate sleeper pedal of all time or something like that would be like a clon yeah. or something where it's like imagine if you bought right. one of those and then say but then but then it's like you look at like the meat box or you know, mm-hmm. like, or the, what was the, the Akai mm. Deep Impact or whatever, you know, like. Yeah. Both, both such Yeah, good and like those were. I forgot about me. Yeah, those were like the, those are like weird pedals in a range mm-hmm. of, of other pedals, you know, that was, that was just like, oh, there's something about this one. And, and then I started thinking about like the, like the Fuzzrocious, like heliotropic, um, mm-hmm. like something that's weird and unique that at some mm-hmm. stage we're all going to be like. Actually, we do want to sound like failure. The band, like, well, you know, like, yeah, right. Then exactly. you know, the, the Korg Meeker yeah. could be. You oh, know, that's God. that's the sort of thing. That just that was <laughs> I full, know, full hype and zero like that. The pedal zero pick I bought one. Yeah. It didn't work. It was I awful. Bought one. Did you? Did I you? mean, not for me. I bought it as a gift for uh, a friend who made a drum for me. But like. But yeah, but I, okay. I just, I was just excited that, you know, like I, I was like, I can't believe I found, well, cause they were so sold out everywhere. Like as soon mm-hmm. as, as soon as they were so, and I happened to be in Brooklyn and I was at, at the shop and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to buy this and it'll be like my gift. And, and yeah, right. like, and I, I did play with it for a little bit cause of course I did. And I was like, there is no way that I will ever find a use for this. Even even <laughs> as like a weird party trick or even as like a, what if I put it in front of uh, my RE20, my beloved RE20? Do you think anyone's ever used one on a pedal board? Do you think one's ever been played at a gig? I mean, ooh, I don't know that it's ever, I think it's been on a pedal board at a gig for sure. Um, <laughs> and I imagine there's probably a ska band somewhere that's used it. Um, as in like they're doing a skit between songs or something. I was, I like, because I make terrible jokes all the time, <laughs> off air and on air. Like, I went to do an impression of it there, and I, I'm so glad I stopped myself. Yeah, because it, no, it, it absolutely cannot be done without no. being, you know, incredibly offensive to, yeah. to someone or to an entire group with absolutely no intent. But, like, just what an insane pedal. Yeah, it was it's, um, yeah. I have one more shout for Sleeper Pedal, actually. And I'm a little bit aware that, like, us talking about bass gear is a little bit of a big red button. Like if one of us presses it, it's just going to be like 45 (laughs) minutes of like, so have you guys heard of like the Squire Bronco? (laughs) I have not. Please, I'm trying to keep us on track here. I'm trying to keep us on our cohesive track. But um, one that I noticed interestingly has been discontinued, which to me kind of puts it into sleeper category, Mm -hmm. even though, um, you know, I'm very aware fuzz isn't for everyone and I'm very aware bass fuzz isn't for everyone, Wrong. but I absolutely loved and thought <laughs> and thought it was just such an ace pedal is the Dark Glass Duality. Oh, yeah, shout. Yeah, we may have talked about this before, but um oh, I I've never I've never played it. I don't even know what it is. Oh, okay. Well, it's a dual engine fuzz by Dark Glass. It is I would say one of the more really high, I mean, in character with dark glass mm. right but i would say it's one of the more kind of high-end studio-y really uh clean obviously isn't the word but like pristine sounding it, fuzzes very ever. very tight new mm. sounding fu- yeah i i mean i think mm-hmm. f- for that which is usually not my kind of fuzz but is like mm-hmm. definitely like of of that of that ilk like it is 
It's yeah. one of those it's one of those fuzzes that you know like will sound amazing. Also probably mm-hmm. through your like five thousand dollar super tiny body head you know, headless guitar with fan frets and you know like everything you're doing <laughs> yeah, so that for sure. you know like if you look at your strings they're feeding back with the amount of gain you have right but yeah. also like yeah like those that's a really good shout because i i found it mm-hmm. really usable in being able to like the blend between like both right like i was trying to, i have to look at a photo of it again because i remember i remember pl- really they- playing with it for a while but yeah I think th- I think they have respective volumes. Yeah. I think you can do fuzz one, fuzz two. Oh, yeah, um, shout. But yeah, stunning, Joe. You should try one if and mm. when you get your hands on one. Discontinued now. Damn. Yeah. I'll I know. To. Yeah. That's... I I feel like this has been a really good question, John. By if you're listening, because uh, you are certainly doing good work in getting this co-host to just buy a lot of pickles. Like, all of these (laughs) sleepers we've talked about, I'm just like, find it and buy it. You've done more to help Um, the economy. Um, (laughs) And I actually mean economy and not just, like, rich people's yacht money, which is the other way to say economy. Rich people's yacht money. Replace Um, replace any statement with rich people's yacht money. Like, when they replace economy with rich people's yacht money, it makes it... uh, It tells you the truth. (laughs) Also, before Joe literally edits me out, <laughs> just adding no, no, on no. to this sleeper no, no, question, this is a good subject. I forgot an amazing one, and I've just looked it up, and the only one that's for sale is, it's like £51. <sighs> it's cheaper than they were when they came out, but this was like a really short supply, incredible pedal that came through when I was... Um, well, yeah, okay, it is a few years ago, because I was working kind of on, on the... Uh, sales floor at the old store I worked at. But uh, Hartkey made some pedals. I don't know if you guys know where I'm going with this, but one of them... The the preamp? Yeah, one... So one was HF44 Fuzz, Mm. and the other was... I actually don't have the number to hand, but they made a chorus as well. It was at the 33, the HPHC 33, the purple one. Yeah. Yes, purple and green. I don't remember these Uh, at all. I only the only thing on the floor from Hartke I remember is their DI VXL attack. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well these two, but particularly the fuzz, like literally if you see one for sale, guitarist or bassist, for fifty pounds, like do yourself a favor and pick it up. They were in short supply to begin with, so there aren't that many of them around at all. But like, I don't know what happened at design level, but Hartke just really hit it excellently with this fuzz in particular. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was ridiculously um, well-priced. I imagine they were probably like 60 US or something, you know, like the, in the same way that like <laughs> electro harmonics, like sometimes you're like, how did you do this pedal for this price and it yeah. be this good? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. I... Yeah. I it's weird because, like, I remember when these came out, like, most things Harky, I feel like they're a few years ahead of at least my curve a lot of times mm-hmm. where, like, I remember when uh, I think these came out and I was kind of like, oh, yeah, amp brands making pedals, like, everyone just doing it. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, like, some of my favorite pedals are from what are traditionally thought of as amp brands. Um, yeah. But, like... Yeah, these were, yeah, the, these all sounded really good. And I remember trying all of them mm-hmm. and just kind of being like, oh. and like Harky's not like, at least for me, like it's not necessarily that like premium name. And, and not that I, that was a, like, like a workhorse yeah, name. Well, I maybe. mean, I think, like, you know, I think it's also like Harky was like the first amps I toured with, you know? And so like for me, yeah, it was like exactly. I had Harky before I, before I got Eden and before I got like Ampeg stuff and be in, mm-hmm. and then I was, and then it was kind of like, oh, do I want to, want to go get like Harky stuff? And like it all seems like mm-hmm. cool. It's all stuff that like if I were buying now or didn't have a lot of stuff, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'd like really. Look at look at those. But yeah, this is that's way too much of a digression around my personal history. Uh, around to why <laughs> yeah. I didn't check sorry, out. Sorry, everyone, for getting us into base. Things. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> that was me applying delay to my own voice, sir. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. But my so my the only thing the only additional pedal I've managed to think mm. of is and is the Electro Harmonics Canyon. Oh, um, you you yes. want like yeah. a, a Swiss Army knife delay that's got mm-hmm. it, it's got octaving delays. It's got shimmer. Uh, it has a looper on it. It's got like vintage style um, uh, 
a delay. It's got like a multi-head delay. It has reverse. It's got everything you could possibly want. Plus, it has a tap tempo in. They were about a hundred quid yeah. or whatever. They're such good tools. They were so wonderful. There was nothing for me coming close to it. Like I kind of feel like the Canyon definitely got some good hype, but I'm. It seems to have gone away, and I'm like. You know all the things you liked about the canyon are the reason that everyone's justified three hundred pounds on a Strion. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's right, absolutely, it's a hundred quid. Like that, and that was the thing. It was like a, when Shimmer became a popular thing. Mm-hmm. That's what made Strymon so popular because it was like no one does Str- Shimmer as well as Strymon. Look mm-hmm. at you mm-hmm. know, look at how incredible this pedal is, and it's got all these features. That's why it's three hundred pounds. The Canyon literally has everything that the you know that you can get off of the Strymon, but it's a hundred quid. Uh, you know, I appreciate. Yes, it, it you know it, you can't do the presets or anything like that. I I understand that, but just for a fantastic sounding delay. There's nothing quite like it. Yeah, particularly in in the small um, footprint as well. Exactly. Are you? I just noticed that you are speaking about it in past tense. Do you know? Is it? Um, is it discontinued? I, oh, I don't the... think it is. Oh, okay. It was that wasn't a, was that a prerequisite of the sleeper pedals that they were no, discontinued? I, I I I didn't think of. No, no, sorry. I I no. only meant because you were um you were speaking about it in the. I'm not sure. Tense. I'm not sure Electro Harmonics ever discontinue things. They just add to their to their range, don't they? Sure, because you know, obviously like we have the, the Grand Canyon now. Yeah, yeah. but Which I, I would, didn't think was as good. I it did, I've, it I've not actually tried things. it. Yeah, I've not tried it. I I only have the only have the Canyon. And to be honest, I didn't want to bring it up because I feel like um, because delay isn't really my area. Um, I'm concerned about being the person who brings up just the same pedal over and over. From, I mean, from if, a you gonna, if you're going to, if you're going to buy just one pedal, one delay pedal, it's not the worst sure, choice it's by, the, yeah. by a country mile. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, yes, of course we talk about the, the, the RE20. It's obviously the best sounding one, but as, as yeah. far as versatility versus mm-hmm. price is concerned, I don't think you can top and, the Canyon. I mean, and yeah. like the side, like, I think that's the thing with like the Grand Canyons is great. And it's like, it's, it has so much more to it, but it's like the thing that's just amazing about the Canyon is like, it's just in like a regular single size pedal format that you're like, how it's like, if you, if you have like a rehearsal board or if you have like just something like it's, it, it fits on anything. And, and it's so versatile as you're saying that it can go and do whatever you need it to do. And like, you know, like in a rehearsal for sure, or, you know, like in a bedroom or just like playing yourself. Like if you want to take half a second to twist a dial, like two clicks, you mm-hmm. can do it, you know? like Yeah. The user panel is really nice as well. Like they've kind of done an excellent job of not having kind of, you know, dual concentric knobs with a ton of kind of variants. I really like that. Um, I think it's like a short press will give you different divisions as well. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's design kind of across the board was, uh, was slash is a winner for me. It was brilliant. Yeah. The, uh, also, the uh, Oh, sorry. Go on. No, I was just going to say also like, obviously you're a hundred percent on, on the money in terms of the, the Ori 20 very rightly alongside like the DL4, those, absolute kind of classic uh staple still being on the market but i think for modernity's sake particularly with kind of shimmer and sort of more melodic uh delays like octaves and stuff being being quite of the moment i think uh the canyon's done a done a stand-up job of that yeah at, at the time that the around the time the canyon came out i was working at gak and me and one of the other guys on the marketing team mark batch were putting together like a a series of videos where we were trying to recreate the film soundtracks. Uh, and I think it was around the time like Interstellar had come out and we tried to do like, I think we tried to do Blade Runner and like a couple of other things like that. And we were trying to recreate them with one guitar and like just a load of effects looping them up. It was, I had so much fun doing it, like coming up with the ideas for how we could get all the different parts in. But I think in every single one, the delay there are several delays on them, obviously, but the the way I get like that interstellary space delay sound in every case, bear in mind, I had the choice, like it's not like 
you know, my only thing for Gek was do these videos to promote all our pedals. Like there was no mm. company that I had to focus on or anything. Mm -hmm. I was just picking anything, which means I had the option of using any of the 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 Boss DD500s or the Strymons or anything like that. And I think the Canyons in every single one because it was just, it was easy to use. I didn't want to spend I, could, I couldn't afford I had to think about so many different parts I couldn't spend time programming something in I just needed a pedal that had a great octaving or shimmering delay and I went for that every time it's a hundred quid it's a an absolute winner of a pedal mm-hmm but, uh, <laughs> but yeah I wish we ended the podcast there just on name it going mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was my uh, what's the podcast term button? Uh, you're. Uh, I think it's called a button when you like end a section with one tiny slice of audio like that. Like uh, we're on like a, a morning word. drive time radio. We're just like whoa, check us out. Here we go. And you know, like one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Except I have some self response. <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah. We. I'd have to. You know, for for radio based stuff, we'd all have to be talking with. You know, the music underneath where they side chain your oh, yeah. talking to the to like the synths, oh, but the beats man. stay there. So every time they talk, all the synths go down, but the beat stays there. And it's it has this effect for me of it sounds it makes the DJs sound like they're they're you know promoting a fairground ride. <laughs> I, find, I find it so weird and difficult to get interested in what in what they're saying. Yeah, but. I find it as disconcerting as when you drive down a motorway, but one maybe a, a passenger or something opens the back window in your car, and you get that horrific kind of sound. It's like a it's like a minor a minor yet publicly broadcast version of the same effect. I don't know. If it's just my ear but um yeah i also just had a really funny thought there of if we did all go full radio voice except i think joe to be honest you're already yeah. there i've got quite a radio voice i could make it even more radio if i spoke a bit more like this it's all about making sure that you end every phrase by coming down in pitch and getting croakier as you do and so. i would like to do it as it's the almost public like access radio <laughs> here on the guitar nerds podcast where we've been discussing the Electro Harmonix Canyon delay pedal. Joe or JD, you literally sound like you should be on an unintentional ASMR YouTube channel. Joe, I don't know if we should tell you that. I know you think you're doing an impression of yourself, but that is actually how you sound all the time. And if I were to ever do the radio thing, I'd have to just go full on. Welcome to Ireland. <laughs> Visit so, Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. Where everyone um, is very welcome. <laughs> well, that uh, that is actually all the time we have on this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. We didn't talk about the Thorpey Effects Pulse Doppler at all. That was a very effects peddly podcast. We're going to be continuing over on our Patreon episode where we probably will talk about the Thorpey Effects Pulse Doppler. And you can join us over there. You can become a Patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month. At the dollar tier, you'll get this episode ad-free and early every week. Five dollars gets you access to the Patreon episode plus our entire back catalogue. And at ten dollars... You'll get the lot, plus I'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode. You can find us on all your favourite social media platforms and join the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussion. Thanks for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. I'm going to get my 10 pickle peppers. Listen up, I know you
Sergeant Brown, Holly Simpson, Eric Vaughn, John Conway, the studio rats, so Russell Howard, Yogi the guitarist, Ty Allen Cloud, Lippet on Simon Skull, Harris, Joe Hubbard, Sean Hughes, Brian Hansen, Eric Emma, Jeffrey Wax, Shane M, Brian Eisner, Jonathan Hafferty, Kevin Vander Linden, Marcus Alcadawaki, Robert Butterworth, Samuel Fastuin, Robson, Christy Lund Hansen, Keith Adams, Eric Fowle, Dallas Henry, Scott Atting, Jack Cutmore, Ellie Manley, Simon Milborn, Ken Sayers, Michael McVay, Aaron Peter, Sean Arbo, Eddie Cooper, John Patrick, Blake Wyland, Dave Mead, Nate Nagel, Ross Edwards, John Anglin, Aaron Sherman, James Moore, Ryan McDermott, Jake Play, Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Merkel, oh yes, uh, Abe Matthews, Christopher Lotus, Stephen Bork, Robert Smith, Titopia the Band, J.D. Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Paul Corrigan, Rob Nordwick, Scott O'Brien, and Moog Rivet. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.